I just needed a support system. Um, I feel like if I had established that like a lot sooner than I did, then things would be like a lot different now. there my name is sean and this is suicide noted on this podcast i talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories every year around the world millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it and when we do talk about it many of us including me are not very good at it so one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors Now, we are talking about suicide, so this may not be a good fit for everybody. Please take that into account before you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook, Twitter at SuicideNoted. We are 11 months in, and I want to thank everybody who has been a part of this podcast as it has grown all of the attempt survivors who have joined me to share their stories, and everybody who's listened around the world, more and more people in more and more places. A giant thank you to all of you. Today, I am talking with Naya. Naya lives in Texas, and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Naya, hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad we finally connected. Yeah. I don't think I've spoken to anybody for this podcast in Texas. Believe it or not. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And I know you've heard the podcast, so I appreciate you listening. I really do. And your support. Yeah. Thank you. Me and Naya connected on Twitter. I think I had posted something and you said something about, oh, this, my, this one of my favorite podcasts just liked my <laughs> post. Something. I was like, whoa, how sweet. So thank you for uh, your support. Of course. Yeah, I really love the podcast. It's like probably one of the most authentic podcasts that I've listened to. Mm. I absolutely love it. Cool. What do you think draws you to this podcast or these kinds of podcasts? What do you, I don't know, what do you like about it or get from it? And most podcasts are like kind of censored a little. So I like that it's just like the very like uncensored, like real kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very unique. So I love it. Naya in Texas, Dallas. Yes. All right. I know I asked you to join me here, but I've, I ask people sometimes, even fans, and they politely decline my request for understandable reasons, but you, you accepted, which again, I, I appreciate it. How do you think you came to be okay about talking about stuff that a lot of people don't talk about? Um, I think honestly, it was just like a really hard journey to talk about it in general. Um, just cause like my family was never really open to mental health. So I have to be like that kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, but just like that person that like kind of stops like that kind of generational kind of thing to like not talk about mental health. So yeah, it's very new too. Yeah. So you have attempted to take your life at least once. Yes. Yes. When was the first time? Was it one or more than one? Uh, more than one. Okay. You want to share with me about the first one? Uh, the very first one. 
I didn't receive medical help for it, but my mom took my laptop um, and I was like super like kind of like mad about it. So I kind of wanted to get back at her by taking my life. So I like took like diet pills obviously didn't work but yeah I just like slept a couple hours and then woke back up I was like oh my gosh what did I just do yeah and I never really told anyone until I got like medical treatment for the first time but yeah how old were you I was in 10th grade like 11 to 12 13 maybe did you go to the hospital no I didn't you didn't okay so and your mom find out uh no did anybody find out no one found out everyone was like kind of out of the house at the time so it was just like me and my dog, and that was pretty much it. And how many people in the world know about the fact that you did that? I'm pretty open about it now. So like my whole treatment team kind of knows about it now. Uh, my mom and like immediate family kind of thing. Yeah. And you had said that your you your mom took your laptop and then you did that. So one of the things that pops in my head is, and there's no judgment here. Most people aren't going to do that in response to mom taking laptop. So, and you said something about getting treated and maybe figuring out some of the stuff. But what, what was going on? Do you know? I was kind of getting bullied in uh, like middle school, elementary. My laptop was absolutely my life. I didn't have a phone at the time. Um, so basically, like all of my like online friends was there. Everything that I kind of cared about was on my laptop. So like when she took it, it was just like, oh my gosh, like I kind of have like the hope at all. And you were said you're about 11 or 12 years old. How old are you now? Uh, I am 18. 18, big age, good age. (laughs) A lot of things changing at 18. So that was your first attempt and not, but not the last one, not the only one. No, it's not. Middle school, you try diet pills. Yeah. And then you go back to middle school. And what's, what, what happens? You said you were being bullied. Does that change? Do things get better? No, it doesn't. I feel like it's just like kind of an awkward time. I was also born like alopecia. So a lot of kids were like kind of making fun of like my alopecia and stuff at the time. Uh, so it was like super hard. But once I hit high school, I really didn't get bullied as much, but it did like perceive myself as like a bad guy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You thought of yourself as that way or they thought of you that way? Um, I did myself. You did. Well, what's it like to be the bad guy or girl? It was very weird. I consider myself, I'm pretty caring. Like I volunteer on my free time and stuff. So for me to like perceive myself as a bad guy, it was just like kind of pointing out like all the bad things about me. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens then? What happens then? There's another, another attempt. Yes, it was. And the second attempt I did get medical treatment for. You did? Yes. Did you try with pills again? Yes. Um, what did the doctors say? You said you got treatment. What did they come up with for you? Um, originally, I was diagnosed with a major depressive disorder as well as GAD. A generalized anxiety disorder, but that just kind of like tied into like the bipolar that I did get when I went to residential. I see it bipolar. Yes. How do you treat that so that you can sort of exist day to day and deal? For me, it is extremely hard just because like I've been like having treatment since 10th grade. Um, I'm now a sophomore in college. So that's about four years. So it is kind of tricky, um, but something that I kind of just do is like talk therapy and that seems to help a lot. Yeah. What are you studying? Paramedic. Oh, really? Yeah. And was that it? Was number two the last one? No, I've had like kind of back to back, kind of like lost count at 10. Um, But my most recent one was April 20th of this year. So just to be clear, you lost track at 10 attempts? Yes. Hmm. I'm going to ask you a question that might sound weird. Okay. Why do you think 
you keep trying. Just hope for like a different outcome, honestly. So when you say different outcome, you want to be dead. Yes. And is that how you feel now? I'm not going to talk you out of it. It's not my role here. I'm just a guy who's trying to understand you don't want to be alive. Yeah. And you're studying to be a paramedic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So anyway. for me, when I ideated a lot, I find that I can't really do much. It's really interesting to hear that you say that you don't want to be alive and you're studying, which takes like work and energy and focus. So how can you do that? That seems like a really tough thing to balance. Yeah, the two is very contradicting. Um, One's like going towards ending your life and the other is like towards progressing and like furthering your life. I really want to be a paramedic like so bad. I want to like experience paramedic life and stuff. So like that's kind of like what I'm holding on to at this point right now is that like paramedic future. But yes, it is very contradicting. And I would think really difficult. Who So who in the world knows that you've tried 10 times and that you don't want to be here other than me? I talk very openly about mental health. So pretty much everyone, everyone on my treatment team kind of knows. Uh, so my therapist, psychiatrist, social worker, like they all know my mom, uh, sister, just like immediate family. And what do they say? I feel like, because it is very challenging to kind of like, you know, open up about that and like to love someone like who has been like constantly attempting. So it's like kind of like a gray line of like love, I guess. Yeah. I really don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would imagine particularly your family worries a lot. Yeah, I would say so. I don't know if that's true. I'm just imagine. Truly, when I say imagine, I'm imagining. Uh, I mean, there's some people who have family and they don't. They're not close, and maybe they don't worry. I don't know. Do you live at home? Yes, I do. And is that with your mom? Uh, yes, uh, I'm living at home. I finished out college, so my mom, sister, and little brother. Do you like the Dallas Cowboys? Not really. <laughs> okay. no. Are there any sports teams down there that you root for? Or that's not your thing. Uh, just not my thing. All right. If you listen to the podcast, you'll hear me often ask some of the same questions. What do you think is one or perhaps more than one myth around uh, suicidal ideation, maybe depression or bipolar, some of the stuff people might not understand, but you've lived through? Uh, What are some myths around that? I would say a suicide attempt isn't attention seeking. Um, It seems to be like a lot of like, if you like complete suicide, then it's a tragedy kind of thing. But if you attempt suicide, it's like you failed at it, like you're attention seeking. So I would just like say that's not really what it is. Some people like, like for me, example, is just like a call for help. So it, just to be clear, is it, it's not attention seeking? No. Because mm. in your case, you really do want to complete it. Yes. Mm. Do you think that you were born that way? Like no matter what your life was like, no matter how your mom raised you, whatever the case, that kind of was your fate. Growing up, I was a pretty like happy child. I know like a lot of people say that, but I was genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just say like environmental ways and like uh, the way that I grew up and stuff, it just kind of like factored into my mental illnesses um, as well as like just genetics as well. Yeah, combination, sure. Yeah, I usually ask people also, do you think that you'll try again? Given what you shared, I think I know the answer, but I don't know. Is that something um, that you think is going to be kind of a lifelong battle? I probably would try again, but I don't plan on it. 
So yeah. Were the other ones, they may have all been different. Were they impulsive or were they stuff that you really thought about and even planned? Most of them were impulsive. Some of them were like kind of like thoroughly planned out. Yeah, that's so interesting to me that you, you're able to go to school and study this thing, this particular thing in which you're helping people. And at the same time, you're battling this other part that sometimes doesn't want to be here. Do you, you said that you talk about your mental health and your struggles a lot. Do you mean with people in your immediate life or also on social media? Um, on social media as well. I'm very open on social media about mental health um, versus like in life, like in real life. Um, it's very like challenging to like open up about that just because like, it is like face to face. And it's not really like a uh, controlled environment like social media. Right. Um, like on social media, you can like block people or like delete their comments or something if they do say something to me. But if someone say it in real life, it just kind of like sticks with you a lot more. What platforms do you use? I know you're on Twitter. Mainly just TikTok. Um, oh, okay. Seems to be a popular one. <laughs> so, you're yeah. on TikTok. So you sometimes post videos about this stuff? Yes. And would you say like the majority of the people are supportive or does it sort of mixed? Um, most of them are pretty supportive. There's like kind of like sides of TikTok and like I'm on mental health side of TikTok. So they're like very supportive and like they kind of like re- really understand also because sometimes they go through it as well. So it's like kind of like a supportive community. Mm. Wow. So you can find that on social media, but not so much in real life. Yeah. Have you had or do you remember situations where you did try to open to, up to somebody in real life and they, whatever they did, it wasn't something you liked or were comfortable with the way they responded back. The first time I would say, um, the very first time that I overdosed my mom, she was like, not for it at all. Um, she was very unsupportive. My sister also kind of went through what I go through now. Um, but my sister's been for like, like a year, but mine's kind of lasted a little longer. So she was just kind of like, you want to go back to the crazy house, things like that. And it really wasn't like, supportive nor what I kind of needed at the time yeah what what did you need do you know I just needed a support system um I feel like if I had established that like a lot sooner than I did then things would be like a lot different now yeah yeah and I guess I'm asking also like when you say support system that might look different for different people so I'm wondering what and and you may not know the answer to this but what might it look like for you a support system that would work for you do you know um, I would say someone that's like very emotionally and you know, like during, during like the highs and the lows, because like when you do get manic, it can get like very overwhelming, um, as well as like the depressive uh, episodes as well. So just like someone that that's like emotionally stable, also. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's on your wall? Is that a mural that you made? Oh uh, no, <laughs> I got it from Amazon. Um, it's very colorful. What is uh, it? Yeah. I I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I thought it was really cool, so I got it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's really, really col- colorful. I mean, I know it's a podcast, so people probably aren't going to see it. What helps you feel better, if anything? Music. I love music so much. When you listen to music, it just like takes away like a lot of things. Um, like my mind just like zone out, and like I just like focus on the lyrics and stuff. And I love music so much. <laughs> Do you Spotify? Yeah, mostly I Spotify everything. So if we were going to look on your playlists right now, what are some of the uh, most popular artists that we would see there that you listen to? It's this one song by Hade. It's called Sub K. I absolutely love that song. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not who, what it sounds like. <laughs> um, it's a good song. Who's the artist? Uh, Hade. Hade? Yeah. Not, not, don't know. I'll check it out. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I want to I hear it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna check out after we get off suffering. And so now you're a sophomore, right? So you're 18. You're pretty young to be a sophomore in college. Am I am I doing my math right? Yeah. Um, I graduated at 17. Um, oh. and started college at 18. So I'll turn 19 this year, and then I'll start as a 19 year old and sophomore. Wow. But having gone through what you've gone through and what you're going through, do you have any advice or words of wisdom or anything else for people who are in the kind of pain that you've been going through in your life? Find a support system. I would also say discovering yourself is like truly important. So like finding a support system, having someone there, like having just that at least the one person there that can like listen to you. Do you think, I know neither of us are mental health experts. I'm not but we have our own experiences that we've lived through. Do you think people who try to end their lives once or more than once, however they try, are by definition mentally ill? Or do you think people who might try and they're just going through a really tough time and that's a choice they make? I would say it's, it's a very tough choice to end your life. Like you're leaving everything behind that you kind of know. But I would say like if someone is like struggling uh, super hard to the point where they do want it in their life. Um, I would most definitely say yes. Um, Cause like mentally stable minds, they probably don't think about suicide a lot. So yeah. For sure. For sure. Hmm. I know that you're, you're studying to be a paramedic. So with that, I am assuming, hopefully I'm correct here that you imagine some kind of future. Yeah. I would have just, it would be really hard to focus and study if you don't imagine something in the future do you when you imagine that do you think about other things other than being a paramedic about relationships or where you're going to live or anything else yeah i have like a whole future kind of like planned out that also helps a lot like not tunnel vision though <laughs> but yeah it, it does help to like kind of have a future but can you tell it or you want to keep it a secret uh, sure <laughs> i know like a lot of people like since i am only 18 they're like oh my gosh you're gonna change your mind but, like i don't want my own kids. <laughs> Pregnancy mm-hmm. just scares me a lot. Um, so I do like want to adopt some kids, um, particularly teenagers. Um, and I also want to like do paramedic. I want to work at like a fire station, maybe because I watch medical dramas a lot, and like that's the only thing that they kind of do. <laughs> um, but yeah. You think you're gonna stay in Texas? Probably not. Um, I've been in Texas my whole life, and I just don't feel so grounded or like connected to Texas. So I'll probably like find somewhere else. I'm not sure where though. So you said your first attempt, you were about 11 or 12 years old. You were starting middle school. And you said earlier, before then, your life was okay. You even said you were a happy kid, right? Am I, am I correct? Yeah. Do you stay in touch with anybody from your past who kind of knew you then? I do get like friends with us on Facebook quite often about like childhood friends, but no, not really. No, it just feels so distant. Like, the happy me like me now is like two different people so it's like very kind of odd to like have that like distance between the two and like try to connect like other grounds from different places yeah one of the things i'm always curious about and i, and I think people who hear the podcast are also what's it like to be you and i will i'll be more specific with that especially when you're ideating when you're thinking about the dark stuff and sometimes that goes into maybe I don't want to be here anymore. I might try again. It's a tough one, I know. But what is that like to be you in those moments? For me, it's very confusing because I am in school. So it's like, well, you know, I can't be in school, you know, if I'm like, you know, six feet under. 
but everything just gets so blurred out. Like all the positives get so blurred out to the point where it's just like, all I'm thinking about is all the negatives and the negatives that's going to happen in the future and stuff. It does get very confusing a lot. But in the moment, for me, my ideations happen like within hours. So I like I have experienced them enough to know that it will pass. But like in the moment, it doesn't feel like it's going to get better. Yeah. So I just kind of like wait it out with music pretty much. Yeah, I was going to ask. I imagine music helps. Yeah. Uh, that's your go-to. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Huh. So you, you did say that you have a, a support system that includes a therapist? Yes. And anybody else in the medical community that you see regularly? Um, I see my psychiatrist once a month. Um, I see my social worker twice a week. Twice yeah. a week? hmm Do you find them helpful? Me and my social worker, um, like, she's the most, like, chill person ever. Like, I feel like she kind of knows me enough to know, like, like if I was to, like, actually go through with the plan versus if I, like, don't have intent at all. So it is nice to have that person on my team. So, yeah. Yeah. And do you take any medication for your stuff? It's bipolar, especially, I'm thinking about. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah. And it's been helpful or no? Yes. Um, I did have, like, recent med change. Okay, so I take uh, lithium, trazodone, and vestral, as well as Abilify. Are there side effects that are, make things hard? Um, I don't really experience the side effects because I have been on the meds quite a few months now. So I don't really experience side effects anymore. Um, but at first, I was just like adjusting to the new meds. And you said that the last attempt was, you said April. I didn't catch if that was this year or last year. This year. This year? Yes. Okay. So given that that's the most recent one, was there something a little bit different about what was going on in your life then that that you decided to do that finals was really stressful like i wasn't sure if i was gonna like pass finals or not and i like if i failed it then i pretty much like failed my first semester um like my first year of college so like knowing that it was like a possibility that i could fail it was extremely stressful and i really didn't want to like even take the exams at all um so i just like made a really impulsive decision and i attempted and have you whether by volunteering or by force have they ever put you in a any sort of psychiatric center? Yes. How were those? Because you know, I've talked to a lot of people and got a lot of mixed responses, helpful or harmful or whatever. What was it like for you? Honestly, it wasn't good, but it wasn't really bad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like a mediocre kind of place. Like I did get additional help afterwards, but like as far as like the psychiatric hospital itself no um i did end up going to residential twice um and i was there for about nine to eight months total okay so a nice stretch of time yeah so that's a different experience obviously than somebody who goes for you know five days after an attempt did you learn anything in those places that you still keep whether it's a coping skill or some awareness or was it just you kind of biding your time when you go to the hospital for so long it's more just like relearning the same thing. So for me, it's just like, a, it keeps me safe. But um, after that, it's more like kind of putting the tools to use and stuff. And in residential, residential, it wasn't like a good place at all. It was kind of like hard to transition from like that kind of environment back to like, you know, the open and like, you know, reality kind of thing. So yeah. What's the thing in your life that makes you the saddest? Probably not knowing what the future holds for me. Okay, so I think for some people that would be scary, but for you that's the sad. Yeah. Then what's scary? My suicidal thoughts, uh, they can get pretty scary. 
do they are they graphic yeah sometimes they are um sometimes they're just like I don't know how to explain it they're not like um other people's voices just like your negative subconscious talking to you kind of thing yeah ruminating like all right let's do this thing has almost nothing to do with suicide it's just a little bit more about Naya favorites you ready okay (laughs) favorite musical artist Alec Benjamin most definitely him. yeah I love him so much favorite now you might not have an answer which is totally fine Favorite color? Um, I like gray. You like gray? Yeah. The shade. Okay. Couple more I have. Favorite season? Spring. But it's so pretty. <laughs> it is nice. Yep. And you're in Dallas. It must be very pretty there. I'm in North Carolina where I am. It's it's nice. Last one. Uh, favorite food? Um, I love pasta. There you go. Cool. What else do you want to share? You know, you, you've heard the podcast. You are one of a lot of people, fortunately, who hear it and presumably get something out of it. Do you want to tell the people who are hearing this anything else that might be, I don't know, helpful or interesting or useful? As cliche as it sounds, enjoy life. You know, you like you only get one chance, which is like the fun of it. Like whether you make mistakes or whether you don't make mistakes, um, even if you do make mistakes, it is kind of nice to like learn from those mistakes. So I was just say, enjoy the moment while it lasts. Boom. Yeah. Good thoughts. Thanks, Naya. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we connected after sort of the back and forth emails. Thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> thank you, Naya. And listen, I hope um, I, I hope that uh, I hope things go well for you. I really do. Thank you so much for having me on. You got it. All right. Take care, Naya. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Naya out in Texas. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook, Twitter at Suicide Noted. That is all for episode number 63. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.